And now this is the point where I'm old enough, not old enough, because I'm not old yet. I'm 26. I keep telling myself I'm not old yet. But I have enough experience to recognize the stage and be like, okay, that's just the stage. Keep it, keep it moving forward, you know? What's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Kershovsky, and welcome to episode 20 of That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today's episode is a little bit different to what you may be used to because I'm joined by my good friend and fellow location-independent entrepreneur, Ian Hoyt, uh, and we got to talking a little bit about the behind the scenes of our businesses and what's going on uh, as we go through the growing process of our businesses. So you can be right there with us and hear exactly what's happening as it's happening. Uh, And the reason why we decided to do this, we've done this once before uh, in another episode of the show, but the reason why we want to continue doing it is that we feel like a lot of times you hear from people Uh, once they've made it, sort of their business is already super successful and you're never really getting that, you know, viewpoint of things going on as it's happening and as the business is growing. So with that in mind, we wanted to kind of keep a running dialogue of what's going on in our businesses as we grow them so that hopefully one day, once, you know, we're both, you know, Killing it, you guys can come back and revisit exactly what's happening at this point. So in this episode, we got to talking about the uh, trip that we just concluded for Life Nomading, which is Ian's company, uh, which we did here in Bulgaria. And we talked all about some of the lessons that we learned from running that, some of the issues that we run, ran into, and how preparation, even when you don't think it's going to happen, was very, very helpful. Uh, and we also got to talking about the back, the, the behind the scenes of this podcast and this business, like how uh, the, the downloads are doing and some of the other stats and what we plan on doing forward. So with that, thank you so much for listening and let's jump into this interview with Ian Hoyt and the behind the scenes of this podcast. All right, Ian, welcome to the show. Back again, how you doing? Thanks for having me back. Good to be back. I know I'm pumped uh, because we did one of these like state of the biz episodes a couple of months back. Um, and so now we're going to kind of revisit how things have been going um, and just chat about, yeah, just things, business, just nerd out. Maybe you should set the stage for where we're at right now. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Where are we right now? We are sitting at a lovely little table in a lovely little studio apartment in Varna, Bulgaria. That's a lot of lovelies. Lovely, lovely, lovely. I love this place. Yeah, these um so we're here because you are hosting your second life nomading trip um which we did here in Bulgaria. Your first one was in Iceland and so uh we're actually in the apartments where that we were using for the trip. Um so to start off, how did everything go? Well, I think um all things considered, I think it went pretty well. I think, uh, you know, you never know when you launch a new destination if everything's going to be, you know, perfect or you don't know if you included too many things or not enough things or if people are going to be bored or people are going to be pumped. Um, But all the expectations we had were exceeded from lodging to the activities we did to the people on the trip. 
it was just an amazing 10 days. 10 days sounds like a long time to do a group trip, but it actually went really quick. Um, yeah. Do you want to set a little bit for the people who maybe don't remember from the first time that we did this? Like, what is the goal and objective of life nomading? Like, what makes life nomading trips different than other trips like this? Yeah. So, uh, typically, if you go on a group trip, you know, what your expectations are is you're just kind of offsetting costs with going on a group trip. You might be able to meet some new people around the same age group um, and be able to go places that maybe you're a little more apprehensive of going to on your own. Um, but what kind of makes us different is, first of all, we're a small company. So uh, we really just genuinely care about making sure everyone on our trip has the best experience possible and has that ability to kind of get outside their comfort zone and experience things in a new country that maybe they wouldn't be able to experience on maybe one of the more um, larger company type group trip experiences. So I think that's what they got here. Um, it sounded like everyone had a great time and we're super pumped to be able to do this again with uh, future groups. It was actually really fun. Um, the closing dinner that we had, everyone went around and we spent about two hours just talking about our favorite moments and things like that. And by the end of it, I think everyone kind of had either, you know, tears in their eyes or something like that because everyone, each individual person on the trip, although the intention wasn't to have like a, I don't know what you'd call it, like an aha moment or like, mm. a, you know, like a breakthrough, I guess. Everyone seemed to have something in their own personal life on this trip um, for the better, um, or a realization or, or maybe they worked through some stuff. So that was really powerful and it made me really excited to see how we can do that moving forward. So, yeah. And what were some of the, uh, like lessons or like some of the tough moments and some of the lessons that, you know, you walked away with from actually like running the trip, you know, that you're going to take to the next trip. Yeah. Um, there were a few, there are actually a lot of them. I mean, when we were on our Iceland trip, the first one we ever did, we learned a lot, um, things that we never even planned for. We're like, okay, now we know how to handle that. Um, but the same was true for here for being our second trip. You know, we planned to have emergencies happen. We planned for people that may have to leave early, things like that. But we didn't actually think that like that would happen. Um, and the reality was one of our trip goers had to leave early for a family emergency, um, so we had to, we had to kind of, you know, you know, quickly find a flight, you know, and get her, we had to actually go to Bucharest and get her on the next plane out home. And we were able to do that pretty seamlessly without anyone mm -hmm. really knowing what was happening, which was really cool. Uh, and then we also had a medical emergency. <laughs> um, it's, it's not funny, but it was, I mean, it's with Caroline. So, um, you yeah. know, she, she actually hit her head and, and that's your girlfriend yeah who's, girlfriend, one of the who's other also a guy yeah yeah um and she actually needed uh, stitches um in the head after wakeboarding uh so we had to handle that like medical emergency um luckily it wasn't too bad but yeah two things we've never really had to deal with on a trip we plan for it you know we we put all the information in place and you know think about it but it's not something you actually learn until you have to go through it and we went through it. So yeah, I remember we were doing like a meeting prior to to doing this, and like we laid out all of these sort of like 
what do we do if this happens? And like when you plan those out, you're always like, yeah, but like, is it really going to happen? Yeah. You know, like it's good to have this, but like, you like know. Like you put the addresses for the emergency yeah. rooms and you put the emergency numbers and you do all, all of that and you look at the airports nearby, but you don't actually think, mm-hmm. oh, you know. But now I think the biggest shift in the mindset, because I think we as a team handled everything really, really like mm-hmm. flawlessly and we couldn't have done any better. But as, you know, moving forward, things I'm reflecting on, I'm going to make everyone be like CPR and kind of first aid, you know, rated or go through Mm -hmm. training. Um, And I'm also just going to go in with a mindset of this stuff is going to happen, not not if it happens, because I think the reality is this kind of stuff will happen um, more frequently than you would want. But um, if you prepare for it to happen and it doesn't, then I guess it's just an extra easy trip. And it was a great trip regardless. It, it was pretty flawless and, and went really smoothly, even with what people would call some major hiccups. Yeah, that was one of the really interesting things that like while we had a lot of, you know, things kind of work out in the in the back end, so to say, like we spoke with some of the people who weren't aware of what was going on. And a lot of them were like, oh my God, like I had no idea, you know, like they, they weren't really affected, which I think shows a level of like, the work that we put in behind the scenes was actually like actually worked. You know, it's not like yeah. we weren't just like throwing shit on the, on, on the board and hoping that it sticks, you know? Yeah. So that, and that's, I, I tell Caroline all this time, all the time is like my only goal with these trips as guides is to, at the end of the day, the people that go on our trips, they feel like, they're not they're not incurring any extra like stress or Mm. you know planning stress because that's really where our value is so the more we can kind of take some of those logistical things um and not really externalize them that's when i know we're doing a good job and and i think we did a pretty good job i think there's always learning but yeah um yeah i was i was super proud of it you know and people seem to really not want to leave or go home which is a good sign it's always a good sign when you have people who are looking at properties <laughs> in the, in the country yeah. you know we had a couple of people who were like oh that's interesting you know yeah and then like just the dynamics of people on a trip and like seeing the evolution of like how people interact with each other and at the beginning everyone being strangers and at the end everyone like group hugging and like yeah. making fun of each other in a good way for sure that, that's kind of cool so. so what's next? I mean, like, you know, we've been planning this trip for quite a while. I mean, you guys have been planning it and, you know, we've been involved since you were coming to Bulgaria. But what's on the like, what's next? What's next for life nomading? What are you doing? You know, are you yeah. going to take some time off or what? No, I mean, there's no time <laughs> off. The The thing about like trips is like to really make this a viable business, um, you have to have more departures you have to have more of these you know continuously um so we're really excited we're doing iceland again in march of 2020 um so that's already available for people um it sounds like some people in bulgaria might be joining us you mean some of the people who came on this trip yeah Yeah. even people that some people have already been to iceland and bulgaria and they're going to go back to iceland so that's really exciting so you know luckily we don't have as much like planning planning for that because we've already done that um but like that, you have your vendors already yeah, in line yeah, yeah. yeah we're gonna tweak the trip to you know make it even better but um yeah that's on next on the docket but 
um, there's a lot in store for life nomading. Uh, we we want to keep Bulgaria. Um, we were pleasantly surprised that people really were glad that they pushed themselves to come here. So I think we need to keep it going. So mainly Iceland and Bulgaria, and maybe we'll launch a third destination we don't really know. But mm-hmm. other than that, we're just going to try to grow our like content and, you know, some of the same stuff. But. So what is going to, because uh, another part of life nomading have been these New York trips that you and Caroline have been doing behind the, tour, the scenes. The walking tours. Yeah. Or? And doing actually like a pretty good job at. Um, so what, like, how does that fit in with everything? And, and what is your thought process? Like, what are you going to do with those? Because uh, you're planning on spending a lot more time abroad this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are, they were a great learning experience. I don't think, I mean, we're leaving in January with you guys mm-hmm. to, am I allowed to say that? You, you can say whatever you want. So we're leaving in January to nomad continuously and work remotely. Um, so we won't be in New York. Obviously, we we personally won't be doing the trips or the, sorry, the walking tours I don't know what that means for the actual walking tours themselves. We're trying to throw around whether we want to have someone do it or not. Um, what is your thought process on, on, on both sides of that argument? Uh, one side of the argument is we've done enough of these. We've had hundreds of guests. And based off of our feedback, I think a lot of the guests book because we're a couple. Mm. And we have that dynamic of like, this is our own little thing. And like, they want to connect with a couple and like, we have that like unique value proposition there. No one else is like a couple on experiences. And so people really enjoy that. Um, but, you know, me being me, I want to try to keep it going because we've built up a, a profile. You know, we have a bunch of reviews. Because this is through Airbnb <clears throat> experiences. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the other process, the other thought process is have someone do it, change out all the marketing copy and all that for them. Um, and then we just kind of manage it, which is another option, but we'll see. I don't, we don't really know yet. Like you um, haven't thought about which way you want to go? No, because it's, I, we've, we've thought it, we've talked to some people to do it. We just don't know. Like mm. we don't know if it's worth it because while we've done a lot of guests, we don't make a lot of money at it. And so mm-hmm it was a great way to like fund like some of the, the cash flow issues for like the trip, the Bulgaria trip, let's say. Um, but being a sustainable business right now for itself is really hard. Yeah. It's a lot more work than it is worth. Like when you get like one or two people on a tour and you're making like $40, that makes no sense. Yeah. The margins aren't really there to like no. blow it up. Yeah. Where it does make sense is if you can book like 10, 15 people on a tour, then you're actually making a bunch of money plus tips. Mm. But we haven't seen that. Like our biggest groups are like five or six people. Mm. So we'll see. Plus we're not we're not doing any bookings right now. So we might be slipping in the rankings or whatever. So. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to to keep on because I'm sure there's lots of like people out there who are in a similar position where it's like, can we, you know, sustain this to like hire somebody else out to do it? Or, you know, like I, I have a feeling that maybe not in this specific situation, but I bet a lot of people are thinking about like 
you know, you hear about everybody's like, how do I remove myself from the business? And I think you're almost in this, at this spot where you can kind of think about like, is this a sustainable thing where I can remove myself from the business and then like keep it going? Or is it just not worth it? I think it's just not worth it. I mean, I would love to do that, but on the other side, whoever we hire would have to be willing to do something that there's so much variance in like, when am I going to get a booking or how many people are going to get on the tour? And then we had to figure out a financial model that makes sense or is plausible for someone to do it. So it's like, it, it doesn't make sense unless like at least like four people are booking in a group and you, sometimes you don't get that. So I think it might just be worth, you know, cutting ties with it or like putting it on pause. Mm. Um, it was a great learning experience from uh, just like meeting people, learning how to be a guide on a yeah. daily basis. Um, and it was just one of those, I mean, we've played with, you know, dozens of different marketing channels. We, The whole reason we did it in the first place was say, hey, we can get people on a walking tour and then we can market them for our trips. Has that worked? Not really. Um, mm. Like we get a lot of people interested, but no 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 i mean the the best things that have worked so far are the meetups like local like happy hour meetups and um just like networking and friends of friends and so what were the meetups tell me about the like how did those work it was just like on meetup.com or on facebook we would create an event uh, like a week or two away and we would plan with a bar to do like a happy hour. Um, eat. Sometimes we don't even tell the bar. And then we'll market the event. So meetup.com does a really good job. Like we started a meetup group and instantly we got like two or 300 people wanting to be in the oh, group. Really? Yeah. Like this is, and this is in New York. Yeah. Which is, it's New York, but like, right. Um, you know, and you can tell like it's a hodgepodge of like different people. Um, which is great, but like some people you can see are like, they want to be in every group possible. Some people are very travel focused, which is awesome. Um, so we didn't know how that'd go, but it ended up going really well. We had, you know, because of that, mm -hmm. we had two people on the Bulgaria trip. Yeah. It was technically which, one person who's in yeah. that group who came to a meeting yeah. and then brought a friend. Yep. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's the ideal scenario is we get someone and then they kind of bring someone else. Cause that's mm -hmm. just a great way of doing it. Um, but yeah, and then we did the same thing through Facebook and we had great response as well. Um, we did that in actually like two different cities. Um, and you know, it, it, we marketed, we, you know, folk, we spent like 10 or $20 on ads and we get like, you know, 10 to 20 people attend and it's not a lot, but it's like, then you can spend an hour talking to someone, um, in an environment about travel, which is really cool. It is a lot of like time again, like logistics. Um, and But then again, think about it. Like people are spending a thousand plus dollars with you. So mm -hmm. the least you can do is like spend, you're going to need to spend some amount of time with someone for them to feel comfortable, you know, sending you, you know, a couple grand when mm -hmm. they don't really know you. It's different if you're like a, a large travel company or something, but um, so that's worked really well. Um, I would like to continue trying those things, testing out events 
in local cities. Um, but honestly, we're looking at like influencer marketing stuff. In yeah. What was, cause you've mentioned this a couple of times to me is like, why did that? I mean, influencer marketing is one of those things that you hear so much about that at one point it becomes like its own meme in a way, Yeah, you know, but like, why have you started kind of like looking in that direction more seriously as a marketing channel for the trips? Honestly, it's just, I, in my other job, um, that I run marketing, we've started implementing it and it is insane. Like quite honestly, it's just insane. Like the, the ROI on getting someone to talk about your brand on a YouTube video is like so insane. Like mm-hmm. I, ins- I, I know I, that's like such a arbitrary description, but, um, I've never seen something, you know, cause my background's in like ads, right. And like Facebook ads and Google ads and I've never seen something just be so like such a great ROI than getting someone on YouTube to like push your product in, in one way or another. So I was like, Hmm, I need to try this in the travel space. Cause I know how like engaged people are with the travelers that they follow mm-hmm. because there's so much emotion in traveling and you know, people live vicariously through other travelers on YouTube. And it's like one of those things like, makes a lot of sense if you can't travel right now like it's really cool to be able to follow someone that it is um and so it got me thinking and we're gonna like start trying to work more with influencers and uh youtubers specifically i i, I still am apprehensive on instagram mm-hmm. um but i know youtube and i i feel like that makes a lot of sense because the biggest thing for us again is trust like if they're gonna spend a lot of money with us and spend a week with us mm-hmm. they need to trust us and in the grand scheme of like brands and travel there's no reason to know who we are yeah. right now so because you're just getting started you haven't built up yet that trust that some of those bigger companies have yeah so path of least resistance work with uh a, an influencer or influencers on youtube that they they listen to every week yeah. or they've every already day. established yeah. that trust with their and, audience and then make those influencers trust us Mm -hmm. and in turn then they can share that and it just makes sense it's like a path of least resistance thing so i don't know what type of deals or like how we're going to structure that but that's what we're going to look at for like iceland and and the future growth so have you because have you looked at anything within podcasting as well because i know you had a couple of people who reached out yeah Via podcast. I mean, you so, know the answer to that already. I know. Well, right? <laughs> I'm trying to fish it out of you. As I know. Could. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, like we were grateful to have Mitko on. This wasn't. Podcast. I wasn't asking for a pat on the back from you. I just no, it was though. I mean, it was it was a definite like green light thing where it was like we were grateful to have you mention us in a couple of the podcast like things you've been on with other mm-hmm. podcasts. That I've been a guest yeah, you've been on, on guest yeah. on, and. I think I want to say like we've had like four or five people interested in our trips um, because of that and due to timing or, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have a ton of destiny or departure dates. Yeah. So it's that's also an issue. But we've had like four or five people interested and just think, from like one or yeah. two, like five second mentions. I think that's really interesting because it wasn't like I was on those podcasts as a representative for life nomading. Yeah. Um, purely like completely what's the word i'm looking for here uh 
with no other agendas. Like yeah. the way that I did that was one of the ways that I found, you know, to market like this podcast and the things that I'm doing is to find something that I have knowledge on that other people are interested in and that's Bulgaria. Yeah. And so I know tons of like travel podcasters, you know, that's a location they're interested in. So I'll go on and talk about Bulgaria and then like work in the things that I'm working on. And one of the things that I'll mention maybe like once or twice in a podcast was the life nomading trip. And was, just from those one or two mentions, you guys had, like you told me you guys had like four or five people reach out. It was super brief. Like I listened yeah. to the mentions and it was like 10 seconds, maybe max. And like that just shows like they, the people listening don't even know who you are, mm-hmm. but because you're on the people they do know, mm-hmm. even though you're talking about this thing, it like sparks their curiosity and then they look. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I'm like, okay, well me being the like, let's walk, run, sprint on things, you know, definitely saw traction there. I don't know what numbers would be right to make it like a thing long-term to use as a channel, but it's like, all right, well, it works mm-hmm. from an interest standpoint. Let's, let's explore how we can systematize marketing through that. Um, because our biggest thing is we, I mean, you've been on the trip now, like mm-hmm. you weren't on Iceland, but I keep hyping like, dude, people have moments on these trips. Like, yeah, these trips are like really heavy, like in a good way. Yeah. And now that you've gone through it, now that Caroline's gone through it and Sarah, like, I think you guys can see like there is, there's value. Our product is good. Mm. Like our service is good. Yeah. Um, the people rock. Now it's just like, how do we, how do we get more people to know about it? And like, to have the faith, right? Because like everyone on our trip took a risk because at the end of the day, they didn't really know what they were getting until they were mm-hmm. on it. So now we just need more people. I mean, obviously everyone needs more people. Yeah, on, on their stuff, yeah I think like, I don't know, like coming out of this trip, like I feel like your best marketing channel is the people who are on it. Because like there were some people, like you said, that had like, I mean, we had one person who literally cried for like 30 minutes, like out of like joy because of like, the setting that they were in they had never sure. before and you know like that is not something that like you can ever communicate and no matter what sort of marketing channel it is that's just somebody who had an amazing experience and will go on to talk about it to everybody they meet you know yeah i don't disagree at all i think our number one marketing channel will always be our yep. customers but the hard thing is when you're a small company you only have you know now we only have what 20 of those so yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, some of them aren't going to talk as hard as others mm-hmm. to their friends. So, um, I'm excited. I think that's another thing we have to figure out is how we, um, facilitate them to continue talking to their friends and, and sharing that and taking, you know, taking advantage of those moments to, to then get other people in, but there's always going to need to be like a, a new customer yeah, yeah. portion for growth. Have you ever thought about doing like an ambassador program where like, let's say somebody who really loved their experience and like they want to host a meetup in their city and then like we kind of like, spo- like, you know, life nomading sort of like sponsors it and then like, you know, life nomading like reps, whether it's you or Caroline or me or Sarah or someone like that like go there and like help run the group, run the meetup, something like that. And then it's like, you know, you're kind of like almost recreating the, the, affiliate sort of thing or the the influencer thing like smaller yeah i we've definitely talked about that and that's when we started doing those meetups that that's what we envision long term is Mm -hmm. like 
hopefully we get enough people in a, at least America that like or the U.S. Um, that can like maybe host little like get-togethers because we were talking about it on our closing dinner in Bulgaria. It's mm-hmm. like a lot of these people want to get back together, um, so we want to help facilitate everyone that's like in the Indiana, Illinois, Ohio area so that we can get back together sometime so i think i think that's a great way and then hopefully maybe they can bring in friends or or they can bring people um yeah i think that's definitely something that's gonna happen yeah i think just over time man like this is just gonna like you do it enough times eventually it's gonna start working but you kind of gotta like yeah you know there's an an exponential exponential, yeah yeah, it's like you just gotta you know, move through those first couple of stages and kind of like, it's you painful. Know, yeah. It's so painful because you're doing like, we do this trip. Everyone's having a great time and you realize like, okay, I'm so pumped, but it's like, Oh, there's so many more trips that need to be done to make mm. this like a sustainable thing. But you know that pe- like you're doing something right, mm-hmm. but like you just need more people. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like so difficult. It's so frustrating, but and also at the same time, it's so difficult, but it only takes one thing to go right. Like it only takes like one influencer that's like really big yeah. to like share something, say something. It doesn't matter. Like to like, I mean, if we got one, I mean, like I'm pretty confident based off of what mm-hmm. I've seen so far with my little experience from a affiliate, like being on the advertiser side. Yeah. Um, Like if we could, if we could work with just one, like decent not even a large but like like a decent size like travel mm-hmm. youtuber or something i i do think that we could easily sell out a trip or two or yeah. something like and that's super exciting yeah i mean i always like i think this is a funny example but it's also a really good example is joe rogan and uh aubrey marcus right it's like you, you know that whole story about so aubrey marcus is now the founder and ceo of on it um mm. like uh, sure. what are they called like health supplements but before that, he was a, a salesman for, like, a really big salesman, I guess, for Pocket Pussy. Really? Yeah. And, huh. he like, that was not a thing. And then him and Joe Rogan, who had just started his own podcast, like, blew it up. Huh. So it's a funny topic and that's something that, you know, but it's a, a, a case of, like, Joe Rogan, I mean, not as big as he is now, but had a platform. Oh, I see. blew that up. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they kind of worked together in a way where that was actually Joe Rogan's first podcast sponsor that's crazy yeah, yeah the, it's super powerful yeah. um it's just like it's always going to be that like we're bootstrapped okay um all right let's hope this is the right one we choose because we yeah. really only get one or two shots at right, it you right. know so i'm willing to take that risk moving forward because i can see how it, it could work um but i think now we're we're in a position where we need to do that for like iceland yeah um because we're also like we don't have a ton of destinations so not everyone's going to want to go to iceland that's been on bulgaria because it's a completely different weather slash like yeah. this is more summer focused more yeah, beachy. It's a, yeah it's totally a beach thing yeah um an awesome like beach thing it's not your like go to florida beach it's like yeah. a real beach experience um but yeah not everyone wants to go to iceland where you have to wear a coat yeah um I think they should, but that's a different story. Right, right. So yeah, there's a lot of variables. So that's, that's my spiel. Yeah. So that's kind of like what we just wrapped up doing. Um, and that coincided with the end of August. And one of the things that we did on the past 
sort of thing is like on the past episode, like this was kind of talk about the behind the scenes of running this podcast and this business. Um, and so we're going to continue with that. Uh, we're just kind of going to dive into this because the reason why we started doing this is that I feel like people who run like this sort of business kind of like content focused don't really show a lot of the behind the scenes until they like make it, so to say. Um, and so that was like one of those things that I wanted to share the behind the scenes of. Um, so with that, Ian, I think what I want to do is chat a little bit about the the podcast stats here and then the other two metrics, which I feel like are like the ones that people in this business always talk about, which is like email subscribers and then website visits. Um, is there anything that I'm missing that you think we should be focusing on other than that? Mm. I mean, there's endless, endless things you could talk about, but I, I, I do think those are probably pretty buzzworthy stats that people mm. care about. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of podcast stats, um, the very first ones are we had 872, 872 downloads in August, which unfortunately did not hit the 1,000 I wanted to hit if you remember us talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... 872, I still think is good and technically we're growing month over month. So I think that's pretty good. Um, and that's averaging about 150 to 180 downloads per episode. Still haven't hit that 200. That's pretty good, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Transistor, which is what I use for Same. podcast hosting, it's actually really good. I love it. I'm really impressed with Transistor. And it's isn't it still just two guys who run it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. It's still just two guys who run this company, and they are doing an awesome job. Um, but it's telling me an estimated subscriber count of 88 subscribers, which I don't know how they... I mean, I know what they say, how they figured that out, but it's that like doesn't... It's aggregate or of like the yeah, it's active the average. They average out the first 24 hours of downloads in the last three episodes. So, you know, what's funny. Like I, I, we haven't uploaded anything to our podcast in the last. Is that we, did you just pull it up? Yeah. And I have like a 30 or 40% increase in August over July. It's just really funny. I don't know why, but anyway. um, Yeah. It's interesting how they get that subscriber count. Is it growing for you? It or? is. Um, so, um, I mean, obviously at, at 28. first. <laughs> you're 28. Well, someday I'll teach you how I, you know. <laughs> well, we're doing the YouTube thing, so no, we're different. No. So, um, Yeah, so the, yeah, there was a, a spike in the beginning. And then since then, it's kind of evened out, but it is growing, which is the important thing. Um, and then there's always like a little spike when there is a, a new episode that's uploaded. I feel like the subscribers spike then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's good. Um, other than that, yeah, it's and it's always really funny because I can almost tell which episode I've pushed a lot on social media because it will give you like daily downloads. And I can tell that, I mean, obviously, huge download spike on the day that it's downloaded. So right now I'm hitting about 90 downloads on the very first day. And then afterwards, I can see if it's something that catches on social media the next two or three days tend to be really high and then it drops down to about 10 or 20 downloads a day. And then usually there's a new episode that comes out. Yeah. I have a similar thought process with 
our YouTube videos, it's like I can tell if I forgot to share a video on social media because it's like it's surprisingly so much different. Like yeah. the the view count, mm. which is weird. And then you can obviously tell if like SEO picks up the video or not. Right. Yeah, because that's a big one for you guys. Sustained. Yeah. Unfortunately, podcast SEO is still trash. Yeah. It's just trash. Yeah, I mean it makes sense because you're playing in the you're playing the Google game too. Like you're still like gonna be found mostly from like search engine, right? Or like no. you're thinking like through Spotify or like it's I mean like unless it's like or, social media or something like that. Like I know that Google is technically in the podcasting realm now and they are the issue though, right there is people aren't searching when you think of like whatever think of a guest that you had or mm-hmm. what not like in my mindset when i want to go learn more about them people aren't going to search on podcast platforms right yeah. now they're going to still go to either google or youtube to mm-hmm. learn more about whoever ho- your guest host is yeah yeah and so um i think that might be just an inherent issue with podcasting stills it's not a natural thing to go search you know, Spotify to find the podcast episode about the person or the thing, mm. the topic that you want to learn more about, you're still going to go to Google or YouTube. So, yeah, I think that's why it's important to, I mean, that's why like these sort of like guest podcasts like this one tend to do better than like somebody who is telling a story or something like that is because yeah. you have guests on who you're almost like latching on to their influence, their yeah. brand to kind of like grow your own. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, and that's why I think it's a good idea to include the guest's name in the episode titles for sure. Um, because you know, it's like, Oh, let me search for this person. And then your podcast episode pops up. Yeah. Um, in terms of the popular players, I think this is really interesting because of like what's going on in the podcasting space right now. For me, Apple is dominating with 34% of the share and then it's Spotify is the next biggest with nine. Mine's overcast. Your biggest is Overcast. It, no, after Apple. Oh. Yeah. And then Pocket Cast and then Spotify. It's crazy. For me, it's Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Desktop Browser at 7, and then Overcast. That's interesting because I feel like Spotify is still pretty fresh in the... Like, people well, they just know. bought... Yeah. I mean, Spotify just bought Gimlet Media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Anchor. Yeah. So they're positioning themselves for a from the very like simple anchor B, level the, to B player, yeah. Yeah. Which I have no no problems with. I think it's a great way to listen to podcasts. So the one thing I think I'm failing at though here is that I'm actually not seeing Google anywhere. And I think the reason for that is I had some issues signing up for the Google, like actually registering this podcast on Google. And I think I may not have finished the registration for Google. That's a you problem. That is a that is a me problem. But I think that's actually really interesting because now that allows us to test how big of a player is Google because if I finish that registration and then next time we do one of these it ends up becoming a really big player then that's you know, it can kind of almost test like the before and after Google, you know. Yeah, I say you need to do that before our next recording. Yeah, that's definitely a really interesting thing I just noticed. Um, so that's sort of on the podcast. Um, how's, how's podcasting been going? I mean, I kind of, I see it from my perspective, but like 
talk through maybe the from a mindset and like like how are you doing I think I was super excited about it in the beginning and that excitement sort of like moved things forward. But then now it's it, real. <laughs> now it's real and it's almost like it has slowed down. Like at first I had like 12 episodes built up, you know, as like uh, like front loaded, like recorded interviews like that were being edited and it was like super professional. Um, and now it's become a little bit more like I use those you know, backlogged episodes up. And so now I'm kind of like rebuilding them up. Um, and like Sarah said this too, like she doesn't see that initial excitement in, in it, in it anymore. Um, but the thing is that that really reminds me of, have you ever seen that entrepreneur graph before where it's like the excitement and then the excitement from first launching a product or a business drops. And mm -hmm. then there's just this, all the shit afterwards. And then eventually it spikes again. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And that's come up before on this podcast. And at first, when I was just getting into this kind of like realm of like entrepreneurship, I didn't realize that. And I know that that's what this is now. You know, like the first month or two of the excitement have like worn off. And so now it's this part where it's like, shit's for real now. You know, you got to keep the processes. That's why there's systems in place, you know, and like move it forward and keep the excitement going. Um, in order to then, you know, put yourself in the best position for that second spike when things take off. Um, and so I think this is actually a place where me as a younger me might have quit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now this is the point where I'm old enough, not old enough, because I'm not old yet. I'm 26. I keep telling myself I'm not old yet. But I have enough experience to recognize the stage and be like, okay, that's just the stage. Keep it, keep it moving forward, you know? Right. Because I think the reality is, is like, you're never going to break through until you get to that quote unquote second mm -hmm. hump. So yeah. there's always going to be the, they call it, I think it's like the desert of despair. Or yeah. Like the, that's what it is. The yeah. Something of despair. The, the, oh, no, it wasn't desert. It was the, the shallows of despair or the, something like that. Yeah, yeah. All the same. Yeah. But yeah. And that can be long mm -hmm. and painful or it can be short, but um, yeah, you just got to work through it. You got to keep doing it. Yeah. So I'm in it right now. So yeah, it's just what, and you know, it's funny because I didn't recognize that before. I've had a ton of different ideas and I've never really like moved past that stage. And that's why I'm actually the thing that's making me really excited is like I, when I started this podcast, I said, this isn't going anywhere. Like doesn't rain or shine Monday morning. There's going to be a podcast episode out, you know? And so it's really exciting to kind of actually put myself in a position to move past that you know despair so yeah for sure um the other statistic that i want to talk about is an important one but one that i just haven't really focused on a lot and that's email subscribers um and it's it's not that it's not important to me it's just what you know you have kind of like a level in terms of like importance and at the moment i'm sitting at about 71 total subscribers and I've gained four over the month without really doing anything other than having a form on the website to sign up. Where is it at? Is it on a sidebar? Is it it's, I have two forms that I'm running through ConvertKit. One is on my homepage and then there's just a general like lead magnet. And I then the second one is just a general form that is on all the episode, all the episode show notes. So that's all the, that's all the email like subscriber. Like that's essentially all I'm doing for email subscribers. Um, and it's one of those things that I want to focus in on more 
once I build up those episodes and there's a bit of a process going behind the podcasting. So are you paying for ConvertKit? I am. Why? Because I was using MailChimp and MailChimp made their new changes and the whole thing blew up and it was a mess. And I knew that like the only way for me to like get myself to take it seriously is to... Is if you had to pay for it? Yeah. I just know how it works. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if you've used MailChimp since they made those changes. Yeah, I use it all the time. Oh, I hate it. I can't... I don't even want to log into a dashboard. So on the subscriber front, I don't know if we talked about this last time we were together, but did we talk about Hello Bar? Yeah. We did. I think you've, I, we have so many conversations that are not. On I don't know if it was recorded or not, but we recently like implemented and it's stupid cause we could just develop it. But like we implemented hello bar into our, like I had this realization a couple months ago. I was like, Oh, we're getting all this traffic from all this F- SEO effort, but mm-hmm. we're not, we're not even giving anyone a chance to give us their email at all, at all. Mm-hmm. And so I just like quickly got hello bar and did like a full screen takeover pop up. And now we're actually getting like, I don't know, 10 to 15 like emails a day or uh, sorry, not a day, uh, a month, which is not a lot, but it's and like it's just from the full screen takeover. Yeah. But so I feel like that's so I, I we, don't know. We also had an em- embed like sidebar. Um, but recently someone decided they wanted to spam that. So I took it off. Um, so now we just have the hello bar and it converts really well when I go in. Cause I always monitor like the emails to see if they're like legit or not. And for the most part they're is legit, that so. through AppSumo? No, not AppSumo. No, that's called? the owned by what, what Neil Patel or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can do like a bunch of different types of forms. Um, and you can test all the different copy and all that. We don't pay for it. So we max out every month for sure, but because it's based on traffic. Oh. Um, but yeah, we convert like, I don't know, 10 or 15 a month, which is better than nothing. So Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I, I don't know. I've always wondered about the user experience with those things. Me you too. Know? I mean, I used to not do it because it was said to hurt your SEO, mm-hmm. but I implemented it and our SEO is not affected. And our bounce rate really doesn't change. So really? It's only exit attempt. So if someone oh, goes exit to exit. Attempt. Oh, so this whole time I've been on Tim Ferriss's website because I know he uses one. But I think he changed it now to be exit intent. And the moment you said that, I scrolled to the exit bar and it popped up. Did it take over? Yeah. Yeah. So it's his five morning rituals lead magnet here. But yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It, it just popped up. I mean, I remember him using it at one point at the welcome. And so that's why I wanted to look. But I just scrolled over. And Tim Ferriss's website is one of those things that has always really baffled me because, like, you can log on and I can see, like, all the WordPress because I think he just uses WordPress.com. Like, he's such a baller that he just doesn't care. <laughs> um, he's such a baller he just doesn't he just doesn't care about like he doesn't need to do all the other crazy shit that people like us need to do um that's interesting that's a that's a really good thing to test out yeah Um, i would say try it i mean um it it hasn't affected my seo that was my biggest that's the reason i never did mm pop-ups but it hasn't affected it that's kind of cool that's something to test out yeah try it i mean try it 
Like there's no issue. I mean, you're getting so, if you're working so damn hard to get people to your site, and for us, it's like really the the value of someone is either they're going to be on a trip, mm-hmm. or they're just reading an article. I mean, we have affiliate articles too, yeah. but um, that's like the least of my concerns. So like for me, it's like I'd rather do everything I can to try to at least get them on our list and go through our initial sequence and see what happens than to not even ask, you know? So whatever. Are you, um, so do you have in your email, do you have a sequence that follows it? Yeah. It's super basic and it's like not really well thought out, but they like go through a series of like five emails over, you know, a few weeks and um, it's really just meant to like warm them up to who we are, mm-hmm. um, invite them to our Facebook group, um, obviously make a couple like smaller offers or give them like a free like flight hacking something. So yeah, it does really well. Like it performs extremely well. People open and click and all that. So it we didn't really think through it yet. But we have one going um, for when we want to make like it a little bit stronger, I guess. Yeah, that's one of the things that I wanted to set up. I, I want to do that because at least I wouldn't feel like I'm wasting the ConvertKit payment if I had one of those set up to where I'm warming people up. But currently it does feel like that money is being wasted because there's just nothing happening. Like I'm not even sending out weekly emails. I was yeah. for a while and it needs to happen again. It's just one of those things where... I won't feel the the burn in my butt to do it if I'm not paying the thirty dollars a month or whatever it is for the for the simple one. Um, so that's something that I want to set up um, here now that the trip is done and we have a month coming up in Porto, Portugal, where we're gonna focus in and like work a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one of those things that needs to get done. Um, the third thing that we wanted to focus on, the third statistic that we wanted to focus on during this, is actually site visitors. Um, and I have been really impressed actually with what the podcast has done for the website SEO. Uh, I was not expecting that. So I'm going to tell you right now what it is, what it was before I launched the podcast and what has happened since I launched the podcast. Let me just move some settings here. So the podcast launched in what in like May. Yeah. May. And no, I don't think it launched in May. I think we launched in June. No, we definitely launched in May. This is funny because you know how like Pat Flynn knows every episode and who the guest has been on there. I can't even remember when this was launched. <laughs> um, I think we actually launched in April. It doesn't matter. Um, there's a very clear distinction from when the podcast launched. So in May, we had only 361 views. To the website june 619 july 753 and then august 694 so almost like a doubling in terms of like seo like on the website is that seo or is that just traffic I, like, I just traffic yeah because like seo is different right so that could be a yeah. lot of social traffic from sharing it and people listening which is great um i will tell you that my biggest traffic refer are is search engines okay so yeah and that's like my other philosophy on all that is like that makes a lot of sense because at the end of the day 
you're pu- are you publishing a new like blog article each for each episode or not yet that's okay. gonna get oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah no so there oh. is a show notes uh, okay. like post that is every at the end of the week. day just like more words on a site mm-hmm. is like the bare minimum of a way to increase seo it just makes sense right because mm-hmm. it's more words to index so that makes sense i mean next step is like being hyper strategic about like yeah. every blog article that you're publishing the podcast with yeah yeah and like i think that's kind of been like the really interesting thing is that i didn't expect it to have that much of an effect of like the website because i thought like oh everybody's gonna listen to it through itunes or whatever and i mean like we looked at transistor i think my third biggest no fourth fifth biggest is desktop browser which is really weird yeah no that that makes sense because i think also, you're probably in that environment where your guests are sharing and you're sharing mm-hmm. and the people that those are exposed to might not be people that listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah. So they're just pulling up that article and then they press play, whereas people that are used to playing podcasts have an app for it. Yeah, so. that's, a, that's a good point. The other thing is that this is, uh, I mean, we, I do at least, I'm proud to say that I feel like we provide a lot of information on this and some of it does need to be things of like oh like there's this book reference or there's this other thing that's in the show notes that you need to go like look at so um i think that's definitely kind of bringing people over um but yeah those are kind of like the three stats um that i wanted to focus on and the goals forward is actually sarah challenged me Mm. to create a product by the end of october by the end of October or the or no the beginning uh, of October. Beginning so of- she gave me one month because there are several people who started reaching out to me asking for like podcasting help. Like there are people who want to kind of launch a podcast, and I have had like some amount of success with it now. Um, to the point where I've talked to some other people who have had a podcast for longer, and it seems like stats wise, I'm actually doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a lot of people reach out and kind of like, how do you do it? How do you set it up? All this kind of stuff, and it's the classic like, okay, like let me. Let me set something up, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of shying away from it because it is a lot of work. Uh, but as a competitive person, she knew she challenged me. It was like, I think you should see what you can do and like put one out. So that's the biggest goal for the next month nice. when we are in Portugal is cool. to get that going. And then the second goal is to set up that email sequence because I think that's a big one. You can do that in a day. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. What about you? For September? Yeah, just like what are like the goals now, especially because you guys just concluded this sort of chapter? I think uh, immediately um, my biggest goal is going back to the influencer thing. So mm. we've already tried to work through some deals that kind of haven't happened. So I, I would like to try to lock in some type of influencer relationship this month. Um, to push our our Iceland activities and then um, that's that's probably the biggest thing uh, yeah I'm just kind of planning out the Iceland stuff and uh, yeah trying to just start locking everything in for that um, I know that's like super basic but lock in influencers um, yeah I don't yeah, I mean, you guys, I mean, we literally concluded the trip yesterday. Yeah, I mean, 
we so, got big uh, yeah. we got big goals to grow it's just i'm i am a realistic guy now and i take it like a little bit slower from mm-hmm. the, like i don't expect mountains to move in a month right but, right right um as long as you're doing something yeah um you'll make progress so and then i think our the other goal is um to just publish a crap ton of youtube videos because like we talk about influencers but we also want to grow our own channel it's always better to be your own influencer. we are i mean we are growing that steadily which is really exciting to see that happen so what are you doing in terms of because i think one of the things that i have to say that your youtube channel lacks is consistency Mm. Because yeah. you, I mean, and you're a bit of a perfectionist with it where it's like, oh, well, this isn't perfect yet. And like, you know, I think that you need to set some consistency to challenge you. What do you mean consistency? Well, like, like whether it's like one a month or two a month or whatever it is, like in terms of so that people know what to expect. Or, I mean, or do you feel like you're following that? We've been pretty consistent. I mean, obviously this trip, this group trip has fucked things up. But for the mm-hmm. last like three, two months, we've almost hit every week other than once. Whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Um, but there was a gap between a little bit of a gap just recently just because of all the traveling. Sure. But like starting today, like I'm going to start editing again. So we've been publishing every week for better or for worse. Um, but I would like to get more consistent in publishing more than once a week. Oh, you want to do more than once a week. That's good. The The goal is eventually get to two or three a week. Um but really we're just trying to make every video we do count. So mm-hmm. if you go on our YouTube channel, you'll see like, you'll see our strategy. Like we're not just posting the posts. Like, mm-hmm. like our last one that we posted a week ago already has 700 views. That's great. And it's because I spent a lot of time researching. Is that the one of you driving in Ireland? It's titled American driving in <laughs> Ireland. So you can see why it's probably and the thumbnail is pretty good. But um, yeah, so I think, the YouTube videos and, you know, working to lock in Iceland is our core focus. And mm. we try to have few core focuses now and yeah. try to spread. And what is, uh, what can people, well, I'll link the YouTube channel in the show notes. So see, here it is, you know, information based, lots of you, stuff to reference. So, you. uh, if you guys want to check out that YouTube channel, that video really is funny because, um, I will let you kind of. <laughs> Just give a brief explanation. Of- the brief explanation is I don't know how to drive stick and I thought it would be a good idea to get <laughs> stick shift in Ireland on the opposite side of the road on the opposite side of the car. So <laughs> there you go. And, and I made it. Yeah. I made it. And also you need to check us out because A, you should subscribe to us because we make awesome videos. But B, you know, from here through October or mid-October, every video is going to have Mitko's face in it. So, well, that might be a reason to unsubscribe. So don't, <laughs> don't, um, don't and then in January every week, probably you'll be in it. So. Yeah. Cause January, I mean, we mentioned that we're starting to drop to travel, travel together, but uh, we're going to Columbia in yeah. January. It's basically so. like a channel for the four of us kind of yeah. in a way, but yeah, anyway. where you do all the editing and I just say stupid things on camera. So hey, we all need personalities. So, well, all right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, I know that's this is a little bit different, but I think it is super helpful. But let me know. Shoot me an email at mitco at thatremotelife.com and let me know what you think or if you you know want to hear more of this. I mean, like you said, 
like you heard, Ian's going to be with me, so I'll bother him to do these more often if you want. We'll be here. Uh, but yeah, all right. Uh, we're going to head out and grab some delicious Varna coffee and get back to work. See you guys. See ya.